0: Revelation, but I do believe this morning there's something that I believe the Holy Spirit wants Father's house, our community, our family, whether you're online, whether you're here in the building, that there's something that he wants to speak so clearly to our hearts for what he wants to do in our lives. So if you'll just put your seatbelts on, we're going to walk through some text, some scriptures so we can get an understanding of how people could sit here and want to make Jesus king. They want Him to be Lord of their lives, and yet could turn and not follow Him. Let's take a look at it. There's three things that we can learn from this passage, and there's three points that I really want us to focus on. Bread, the prophet, and king. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to do this, because after this, this will be a short history lesson, but it'll also be a lesson for our lives. Bread, prophet, king we see that Jesus fed them bread. He took the barley loaves and it was the bread that was left over 12 baskets. Now, here is why they wanted to make him the prophet, or called him the prophet and ultimately wanted to make him king. When God released Israel, and Israel was a name actually, we say Israel because now it's a nation, but Israel was a person, Jacob. Jacob was a great uh, grandson or I guess a grandfather, I shouldn't say great-grandson. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham who God chose to create a nation, a Jewish nation. Jacob had 12 sons, and God changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel. Israel's 12 sons became 12 tribes, 12 people groups. Their wives, their children, their children's children, their land became Israel. So when we use the word Israel, it was someone's name, but it also ultimately became a nation. Now, today, you can see it. It's a country. What happened is, as this group of people continued to grow, there was a famine in the land, and God provided for the famine by taking one of the sons, Joseph, and making him a prominent political figure in Egypt. Egypt was one of the greatest if not the greatest empire on the planet at the time and today you and I get to study history because of what that empire recorded and the some of the systems they set up you can still see being used in other nations and civilizations throughout history. Joseph shows up when there's a famine in the land and Joseph his business skills his leadership savviness was able to save Egypt From a famine and actually make Egypt more prosperous in the famine than it was when there was no famine. Side note Joseph was not a preacher, and yet he changed the world. When you take the gifts that God has given to you and you put them in God's hands, whether you're a worker, whether you're a business person, whether you're a mom, whether you're a student, don't deny what God will use your hand to do when you put your gifts in His hands don't have to be a preacher. Side note. So what happens is Egypt decided since Joseph has saved us, we're going to let his brothers live in a land called Goshen and be protected by Egypt. For 400 years, Israel lives in Egypt and grows so numerous that finally one day Joseph was a hero he was, he was looked at, maybe as we look at as George Washington in America, someone who fought a war and overcame, and, and we respect that. Joseph would have had that same kind of prominence in the land of Egypt. But there came a day where Pharaoh said, if we allow these people to keep growing, they will overcome us. We must make them slaves. They become slaves 400 years later. God takes them and brings Moses and delivers them. You need to understand this because this history of the Jews was not a history we read because we have a Bible. The people that gathered close to Jesus lived in this history. They lived the Passover that they were coming to Jesus because there was Passover. The Passover was a celebration to remind the Jews that they never forget that God delivered them and called them out of slavery. What were they to remember? They were to remember this scripture in Exodus 19, 5 through 6. When God brought them out to Mount Sinai, God made this prophetic declaration over the land of Israel, the people of Israel this. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession among all people for all the earth is mine. What is it? You will be my treasured possession. You're going to be my people. Exodus 19, 6 says and you shall be my ki- you shall be to me a kingdom, not just a, a little group of people, a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. Nation, Nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people. This is what God commanded Moses. You shall speak to the people of Israel. Moses speaks to God's people and says, "Listen, you didn't get out of slavery because you were something good. God chose you. God delivered you, and God has a great plan. Moses continues to lead the people, and if you've read the story, you know that God uses Moses to do marvelous signs and wonders. One of the great signs and wonders that God used Moses to do was to tell the people that manna would come from heaven, bread, would fall from the sky when they woke up in the morning. They would even be up to their knees in bread, and there would be enough bread for everyone to have their fill. Their whole family would be provided for. Now, for 400 more years, Israel lives in this thing called the promised land. For 400 years, God does more more miracles and signs and wonders, and then we have this guy that maybe you've heard of called David, David and Goliath. David becomes king of Israel. God makes a covenant with David. Your family will sit on the throne forever. David took Israel to prominence, overcame their enemies, expanded through David's son. They become one of the wealthiest nations in the world, even though they're one of the smallest. They are overcoming their enemies. They have peace with their neighbors. God is working. And after Solomon, through the next recordings of the kings of Judah there's only four king, three to four kings that are called holy everyone else destroyed the nation and took them into slavery in captivity because they didn't keep their covenant with God 400 years after David we find Jesus your Jesus is in Jesus's time Israel again is in captivity though they have freedom they are under the captivity of Rome. And God is supposed to choose the high priest, but Rome chooses their high priest for them. Rome chooses the king. He, at that time of Jesus' birth, Herod's the king. Herod kills all babies under the age of two. He's supposed to be a holy king, but he's not. He's not even fully Jewish. And the prophecy that God gave through Moses was that they would be a holy nation. Another scripture that we find that Moses gave to the people to remind them is Deuteronomy 18, 15. You still have your seatbelts on? Those is gonna be a lot, but trust me. The Lord your God will raise up. So this is what Moses says as he's getting ready to pass away. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall what? What? That's important. Next verse. Just as you desired of the Lord your God, at, missed that part. Okay, next verse, sorry, 19. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself require, require it of him. So what did God speak through Moses? Hey, there's gonna be another one that's gonna be like me. And when he comes, listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. Why were they drawn to Jesus? Because they saw the signs that he did to heal. Why are they wanting to make him king? Because they saw the sign of him taking bread and feeding. No other prophet had done another miracle like the breaking of bread that Jesus did. He proved that he was another Moses. All right, let's put this all together. Why is this so important to us? This is so important to us because when the people come to Jesus, they were looking for a king. He was the prophet because he was just like Moses in providing, and he was among their own people. He was a Jew. And they're thinking, this guy is providing for us just like Moses did our great, 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 great 800 years ago grandparents. Surely, and he's from among us. He seems to fit it. Who else walks on water? Who else does what Jesus does? He's the prophet. He's got to be the king because we've got these other prophecies. Psalms two six. God declares this through through David. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. This was a scripture that they were looking for the king. This was God declaring, I will bring you a king. Verse 9, Zechariah 9, 9, another prophetic declaration. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. The word salvation is the word deliverance. So this king will come and deliver you. The people in Jesus's day, their taxes, they were paying taxes to Rome. They were, they were taken advantage of. They didn't have their own military. A lot of their freedoms were taken away that God had given them in his covenant. So they were begging for a king that would rise up and overcome Rome. Surely if Jesus can break bread like Moses, he will deliver us from Rome like Moses did Egypt. Why is this so important? This is so important because when we see the people leaving Jesus, they are not leaving Jesus because he did signs of healing. They didn't leave Jesus because he had signs of breaking bread. They didn't leave Jesus because he had signs of walking on water. Actually the opposite. And let's read on in our text of this same story in John six, twenty-two through thirty-five. It says on the next day after Jesus walks on water the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples but that his disciples had gone away alone other boats from Tiberius came near to the place where they had eaten the bread after the lord had given thanks so when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there nor his disciples they themselves got into the boats and went to capernaum seeking jesus Yo, he feeds people, like he breaks bread. We got to find Jesus. So when the crowd saw that Jesus, uh, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you're not seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this, this is the work of God. Not when I heal, not when I walk on water. That, that's That's not, the work of God is this. That you believe in him who he has sent. Verse 30. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? If you want us to believe that you're the one from God, I know you fed us bread, but what else are you going to do to prove to us that you are the one from God? Verse 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written, this is Jesus speaking, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. I'm sorry, that was them. Jesus now says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses that gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said, I am. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me, let's read that for just a second. Just read that together on the count of three. Read. Jesus said to them, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never." How many of you can say after believing on Jesus? The Bible tells us in Romans 8 that God's spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. How many of you are so thankful that you know the truth, that Jesus is the bread of life, that putting my faith in him and my trust in him ensures my righteousness, my acceptance, my forgiveness, my standing with God is yes and amen, I'm all right with Jesus. How many of you can say, that's on good bread? Texas Roadhouse, you ain't got nothing on Jesus. Jesus is saying to them, yo, I know you like my signs, but if you really knew the real sign, it's I've come from God. Hold up. I'm the bread of life, y'all. Like y'all ate manna? That wasn't Moses, that was God. God loved you. God keeps sending you signs to let you know you can trust him. So when the son of man comes, you will trust him and be able to trust in the son, that the son came from the father and through faith in him, I will have a connection with God. That's the whole plan, yo. They're all like, verse 42. Um, yo, Jesus. <laughs> We know how uh, people come on earth, a man and a woman, you know, they do their thing. People have kids. We all know it. We've all understood it. Some of us have tried it. Here's what we do know. Uh, How can you come from heaven? Because we know Joseph and Mary. What? What are you talking about? Our culture tells us this is how children are born. Culture shows us that you didn't come from God. And we know our culture. We are Jews. We are, are we, their brains are just beside themselves. They can, check this out, they can accept that he can bring bread and they can accept that he can heal. They can't accept that he came from God. Jesus replies to them in verse 48 again. I am bread of life. Verse 49, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. Verse 50, this is the bread that come down from heaven so that no one may eat of it, so that one may eat of it and not die. Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live for how long? And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is what? Now, you have to understand that eating raw meat was not, it was not allowed in Jewish culture. Blood was not even allowed. They were to cook it and God was helping to protect them from ever getting sicknesses and things like that. They didn't have all the doctors that we have and all the medications that we have now. And so when Jesus said, you're going to have to eat my flesh because I'm the bread, they're like, all right, dude's gone crazy. Like, I don't know what puffed him up to think that he's better than everyone else and that we should eat his flesh and that he is the bread. He's from Joseph. Another portion of the, the scripture tells us that the Jews got angry because they're like, how can he ask us to eat his flesh? Verse 56, John 6, 56. He goes a little bit deeper. Whoever feeds up my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me die in him. Everyone's like, when did Jesus become a vampire? Like, this is, dude, this is weird. Jesus, you've had too much pizza. I think that's wine, not the Holy Spirit. Like, that's the old wine, not the... That's a bad joke. Jesus has lost his mind. You want me to eat your flesh and drink your blood. Alright, Jesus... I'll, I'll, <laughs> this is... This is crazy just think about being there not reading the news think about you i'm gonna tell you what john coates would do my mom and dad said to stay away from people like you i'm i'm this is weird i'm going away this is not my culture this is not my comfort this is not what we do as jews we don't talk like that we don't do that yo walk on water, I'm with you all day. You know, feed me, you know, bread and fish and I'll bring him to my friends. But you start talking about blood. I'm not gonna not just bring my friends. I'm not gonna follow you anymore. I know, I know some of y'all are way more holy than this preacher up here. And you would have been like, oh, it's Jesus. I would have stood my ground. And how many times has Jesus asked us to forgive our neighbor? How many times has Jesus asked us to pray for our enemies? that goes completely against our culture and our comforts. How many times has Jesus asked us to forgive people in our own families and it we've choked on it? See, one of the things that we must recognize is verse 6, 63. When many of his disciples heard what he was saying, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Verse 61. But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Saul, so just pay attention right here. If you haven't heard anything else I say? Just put your attention. Do you take this? This is that word offense? Is this a stumbling block? Is this a trap? Is this a trick? Is this an offense? Yeah. You ask me to drink your blood. You're crazy. Like, why would I ever do such a thing? Verse 62. If you can't understand that, then what will you do if you see the son of man ascending to where he was before? Verse 63. I don't talk naturally. I talk spiritually. It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh counts. It's nothing at all. It doesn't, doesn't help at all the words that I'm trying to speak to you are spirits, they are life. Jesus was showing them, you guys are wanting a political king, a physical king, and you think that's gonna work? Yo, let's read our history books. Every king we've had, you've despised and killed. Every king we've had have taken us astray. A physical king will only last for just maybe a decade, maybe two decades. And if we get really lucky, when we had our best king, it was almost four decades. After that, your children will go back into slavery because, again, we will forsake God. Again, we won't follow his ways. Again, another nation will rise up. We will worship other idols. We will follow in this. You don't need a physical king. You need a spiritual king. I did not come to be the king of Israel. I came to be the king of your heart. And because I became, I want to become the king of your heart, the words that I say to you are all for the good of your heart. I know the end from the beginning. Jesus says, I am the bread of life, which was proving the same I am that God used when Moses said, who says I'm, I'm supposed to go and say, I am sent you. And he's like, who's I am? I am that I am. I will be who I am. Jesus is like, I am the bread of life. Verse 66. They couldn't take it. and So after this, many disciples turned their back and no longer walked. Verse 67. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, whom shall we go? You have the miracles that no one else, is that what that says? Jesus, you make me have this charismatic feeling that I don't get when I'm around people. Is that what it says? Jesus, like, whoo, buddy, I love it when the feeling I get when I'm around you. Oh, I love going to those services because the way I'm moved, Jesus, I'm moved when I'm with you. Oh, the passion and the tears that I get when I'm with you, Jesus. You call out my sin and I watched you and you accept people that no one else accepts. Oh, Jesus, you're just so beautiful and you're so wonderful and you're so good. I just love what you do for me and I love how you make me feel about myself and I love the confidence I have. Jesus, I just love when we get together with you at a mealtime, you turn water into wine and the party just don't stop because it's a Holy Ghost party, and the Holy Ghost party don't stop. This Peter said, Lord, where else am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life, verse 69. And when we have believed, we have believed, we have come to know you, the Holy One. How did they come to know that? Verse 68, can we go back one? Let's land. Jesus did not come to be who we think he should be. Jesus came to be who God wanted. Trying to hear this myself, so I'm gonna step aside. I'm not going to get passionate, I'm just going to talk. Father's house, followers of Jesus, you're here this morning. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this, John Coates as well. Don't follow Jesus because of what he is for you, follow Jesus because of who he is. People's hearts are failing them today, not because they do not believe Jesus raised from them. People's hearts are failing them because they didn't get the prayers they thought Jesus should do. People's hearts are failing them because there is a pandemic going on. And the way they saw it working out because the way they thought Jesus does things and the way things should happen to them and the way things should work out for them and when they do this and they do that this is what Jesus should do and their culture has told them who Jesus is their comforts have told them who Jesus is but Jesus reminds us and Peter reminds us I do not follow Jesus only when he's providing manna from heaven I don't follow Jesus just when he walks on water I don't follow Jesus just when he's doing everything I think he should do I follow Jesus because whatever he says can be trusted. If it hurts me, if it's hard, if it humbles me, if it makes me look like a coward, if it makes me lose my position in culture, if it makes me lose my comfort, if it makes me even question what I'm doing, I'm going to follow him because he is the son of God. Two things I'm not saying. So do we stop praying for God to work? No, what we do is we make sure our prayers and our hearts are aligned with his word. What do we do? I follow Jesus even when it looks like he's leading him into an area that just seems like it's going to ruin some of the comforts that I have come to love. Follow Jesus because he is the son of God who follows, gets to follow Jesus. Anybody is invited to follow Jesus. Question is, will everybody? Let me say this last statement, and I wish I had better notes. I just could not get it in no way. There's seasons that you will go through where it feels like God is so distant, and it looks like he isn't providing. You got that job, and it was favorable. You don't know how you got that job. You didn't deserve that job. It's like God provided for you, and there was a bonus, and there was a raise, and people loved you and liked you, and then you went through a season. It's like you feel like everyone's against you. You're unfulfilled. You're wondering, what am I doing here? even making a difference in the world, and I can't understand. It just feels like, it feels like, it feels like, it looks like, it. I think, I feel, I look, I see, I feel, I think, I look, I see, I feel, I look, I think, I see, like, I'm not supposed to be here. And people, all of a sudden, I'm not supposed to be here anymore. Forgetting that God said, and what happens is, we start living out of our soul and our flesh, and Galatians tells us the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit, the spirit what's contrary to the flesh, they're at a battle with one another. So many times it is important, especially in this season right here, right now, that we follow Jesus' words. He says, stay, stay. He says, love, I got to, Trust the Holy Spirit to help me love. He says, go. I like it here. It's comfortable. I want to I I pitch a tent. Peter, James, and John, they're up on the Mount Transfiguration. They're like, this is holy ground. This is church camp. There's miracles. There's a light. We're seeing things we've never seen. Jesus, let us build a tent and live here. why did people get offended? They didn't get offended at what Jesus did for them. They got offended when Jesus tried to be to them God sent him to be king. I'll give you just a few. will stay there no matter what kingdom rules over this earth. No matter what happens to you on the exterior, there's a king of the lion of the tribe of Judah on the inside of you that will strengthen your mortal frame. He will give you hope when there is no hope. He will cause you like Abraham to even against hope to have hope. He will cause you like Peter to say, Jesus, I will come after you in the middle of the storm and walk on water. Jesus came to be the king of your heart so that you can have peace no matter who's ruling over you. Here's what we must understand. Three. Jesus asks us to follow him in ways that do not align with our comforts or culture.
1: How many of you, excuse something that just
0: went, understand? It just didn't make any sense. And now looking back, you're like, it actually totally makes sense. I was telling Joy last night on our walk, I was like. And I can look back and I remember when God asked me to move here with my family and I used to question it, but I'm looking back with wisdom with 38 year old that has kids and knows what teenagers do and freshmen in college do. I'm like, God, you were saving me because I would have ruined my life if I would have followed my way. But it didn't make sense when college coaches were calling me and offering scholarships. It made me look like a fool to my high school coaches. Why I wouldn't want to take a football scholarship, I was a kicker, it wasn't much, but I had some offers and people didn't understand you're called to ministry. You got to go to school and then go to seminary. And I'm just like, I I just, I just know I'm called and I'm just following after God. And people are like, you're, what are you doing? What are you talking about? If you're called, you got to, you got like six, seven years of college ahead of you. And if you don't go to this school and everyone had a plan for my life, but when I went to pray, God gave me a plan that didn't fit into my comfort zone because I would be on the friend on the phone with all my friends and they're like we're in college and they sound like they're having so much fun I'm working full-time I'm living in a one-bedroom trailer prosperity is nowhere it doesn't look like in my future I'm like what am I gonna do how am I gonna make it I'm eating ramen what the world's going on but I kept following Jesus. And today I will tell you that prosperity I have learned is not money alone, but it's the condition of your heart. It's the hope when all else hope fa- fails, you have Jesus to set on It's So you can go through seasons where no one notices you. You can go through seasons where it doesn't even act like you don't even think anyone's even, uh, commissioning you. You can go through any season when Jesus is the King of your heart, because you know where your hope comes from it does not come from man it does not come from position it does not come from title it does not come from anyone or anywhere else but god jesus demonstrates to the king jesus you can have all of your hope and trust in him regardless if there's baskets of fish left over at the end or there's someone walking on water even in the middle of a desert you can be seated like john and you could have been burned with oil and they couldn't burn you. You could be on the island of Patmos with a mountain prisoners. You could be falsely accused like Jesus. You could be hanging on a cross like Jesus. And you can look up to heaven and say, Father, forgive them. Because I know where my hope comes from. My hope doesn't come from man. I'm not going to give him uh, my, myself. I'm giving you myself. Here's the question I want us to leave with: Do I justly choose follow? Consciously allowing the words that str- I struggle with. Can't. can't can't say no. Just don't know how to say no. I just can't let go. Can't give. If I give this. I'll have nothing. I can't commit to that because if I commit, you know my history, I'm up and down and around and I just would rather stay here comfortable because here I have control and here I can make it work out and here I can do what I need to do. I consciously choose to follow each day no matter what it feels like. Just says, "Sorry, I wish I could have. Done this a little bit more. Just, I'm trying to. Just feel like the word is trying to get to us, Father's house. If you're a part of this church, I feel like the word that God. When we keep trying to fit God." God is trying to expand us out of us trust him it's to walk on the walk get out of our boat of comfort even when culture tells us we're crazy even when it's unpopular when people that you shouldn't love them you should disrespect them and even though you completely disagree with them and you don't even believe honor. There's something in you that says, Jesus is the king of my heart, not culture. When I look at my life, when I look at where I'm at, I must say, Jesus, I'm going to follow after you because you're the king of my heart and the words that you say. just offended at people we're actually also offended at God because God didn't do what we thought he should do like if God would have intervened they wouldn't have done that I wouldn't have done that maybe. they said when you forgive yourself you don't just forgive yourself you need to forgive yourself of trying to also be God and sometimes we've been Jesus wasn't the king we thought he would be. He's better than that. He's bigger than that. He's working on our heart, working on our life. There's there's coaches and there's uh, places that we can give our money to and there's 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 food programs and workout programs that can help our soul and help our physique and help us out but none of those things can touch the depths of our soul like you can that's why you had to come is because there was something you bring that we get from no other place a mother a father a child a brother fame. Fortune, people, products, none of those things can do it or you would have sent that, but you didn't. You sent Jesus so that in the depths of our soul, we could know that we're righteous and that we are right with you and we can say yes to you. We can go to a jungle if that's where you're calling us to. We can stay home if that's what you're asking us to do. We can give if that's what you're asking us to do forgive if that's what you're asking us to do. We can walk on water if that's what you're asking us to do. But God, I'm praying that we today would rebuild our hearts, not on what you can do, but on who you are. And because we know who you are, we will say, no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes, no matter where we have to go, no matter how humble we have to become, no matter how much of a, a failure we look at in the natural culture, obeying you is best. Up here on stage, no matter if I feel anything or not, I'm not looking for a feeling, I'm not looking for a flame, I'm looking for the truth of your word because it's your word that will sustain, it's your word that sanctifies me, it's your word that cleanses the church and makes her holy and without spot or blemish. It's your word, it's your word, Jesus. You are the word, you are the beginning and the end, and you are the word. now just where you're at wherever you're at I don't know what you need to do to position your heart it's a little much it's a little different this morning just believe God's calling us again to say God whatever whatever you have a yes God, I can't do it on my own, I know that, I've tried, and I keep failing, but today, Holy Spirit, I thank you like a flood, you'll raise up a standard against the enemy's plans, against my flesh, Holy Spirit, you will empower me, you will inspire me, you will invoke me to stand and say yes, no matter the cost.
1: An app uh, to help you speak better, public speaking, and it's just practice prompts. And I guess just, just in this, I think there may be things that. Those words are easy to say.
0: time saying yes to scary things, like not haunted houses, but things I can't control because that's scary for me, I can't control the outcome, I think sometimes that's the rule.